Some takeaways from Podcast Movement 2015. This is the Law Podcasting Podcast, where you learn how to use modern media to get your message out and more good clients to your law practice. Here's your host, Gordon Firemark. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Law Podcasting Podcast. In this episode, I'm going solo again to share my takeaways from the podcast movement conference I attended last weekend in Fort Worth, Texas. This was a gathering of around 1,100 podcasters from all over the world. I was honored to have been asked to present at the conference, and my talk was entitled The Law and the Profits, Legal and Business Survival Tips for Podcasters. I got into Fort Worth on Thursday afternoon, but the event didn't actually start until Friday. So um, I actually, and, I, and my talk wasn't until Sunday. Uh, so I was able to really take a deep dive and to attend a lot of the other sessions. I also had the chance for the first time in about seven years of podcasting together with my Entertainment Law Update co-host Tamara Bennett to actually sit down together and record our show in the same room. And it was a lot of fun. We we had some laughs and giggles just looking at each other. <laughs> Usually we're on a Skype call and we don't see each other. Anyway, I had a really terrific time at the conference. And even though I can consider myself a veteran podcaster, there was an awful lot to learn. So let's get on with a few of my takeaways. Well, first of all, podcasting is a young medium. The earliest podcasts were only about 10 or 12 years ago, but it is a medium that is maturing really, really fast. Uh, about half of all Americans over the age of 12 are aware of podcasts, and nearly one in five Americans listens to podcasts with some regularity. One of the big takeaways from a lot of the speakers, and, and frankly just everybody there, there were, there were a number of people who don't yet have their shows, and those of us who do, everybody seems to say the same thing. That was, if you want to be a podcaster, just podcast. Start. Do it. Don't fear failure. You should expect that and embrace it and use it to learn. This from uh, one of the keynote speakers, Pat Flynn of Smart Passive Income and Ask Pat and a few other things. Um, he says, uh, quoting Stephen Pressfield, he said, fear tells us what we have to do. And so that fear about podcasting should be an indicator that this is something worth doing that we feel uh, is important as a tool for us. Michael Stelzner, the founder of Social Media Examiner, said, be okay with your own voice. You're going to get better, but if you let imperfection stop you, you'll never start. So, um, you know, so just do it. Get out there and, and, uh, and get started. Now, whether you plan to use your podcast to discuss your interests or provide valuable information about your business, podcasting is really just another content medium that you can market with. But um, unlike written media like blogs and newsletters and email and stuff like that, podcasting has the added benefit of injecting emotion. This is a medium of connection. Your voice is often inside of people's heads while they're listening with earbuds. If you have passion, it comes through, clear as a bell. Uh, but you also can't hide it if you don't have that passion. This is stuff that lives in the tone of your voice and audiences recognize it almost in instantly. Uh, podcasting can also serve content to prospects that a blog can't. I call this take it with you media. Some people may have time to read the pages on your blog or your newsletters and things, but others might just prefer to listen while they're driving or doing the dishes or exercising or those kinds of things. Now, Josh Trent from Wellness Force Radio uses his podcast as an awareness tool uh, from which he gets new sales leads. 
That's right, using podcasting to generate leads. By encouraging email opt-ins from the listeners of his podcast, he's able to use email now to market his paid products and services to this audience of engaged people. Now, podcasting is an auditory medium. Aside from your show notes, there are no links available to click. So how do you convince your audience to go from listening uh, to get onto the website or onto your email list? Um, with audio, you really need to be very clear about where you want to take people. Um, you want to you know, include very clear, specific calls to action. And it's a great idea to have um, uh, lead magnets, you know, free giveaways that you can use uh, and mention in an episode to attract people to getting something good, valuable, and free that they're going to use, um, uh, that, that's going to get them onto your email list. Jared Morris has a show called Showrunner, um, part of the Rainmaker.fm platform, and their podcast directs traffic to an opt-in with an offer uh, called Four Essential Elements of a Remarkable Podcast. So you go on there, you get this this um, uh, this newsletter or this document, I should say, that that shares these essential elements, and they're being very clear. You, they've told people where they should go next to get more value, and then they actually offer and provide that value. Their email subscribers receive information that's exclusive to the email list. And, um, and that way they have access as a way of connecting with those listeners, um, in more than just one medium, uh, the podcast, they can also send a direct email and that's marketing that's advertising. Other takeaways, uh, podcasting is a community. All of the podcasters I met and were there have similar goals and there's competition, but it's a very friendly competition, even among the very highest level top, top performers. There's definitely this sense that there's plenty to go around. Um, the riches are in the niches. Uh, I love that phrase. <laughs> the riches are in the niches. It's better to have a small, dedicated, engaged audience with a very narrow topic than to have massive reach but with no real engagement or attachment on the on the part of the audience. Podcasting is this relationship tool. You have this very intimately connected uh, relationship with your audience. They take you with you uh, take you with them into their private spaces, their cars. They're you're in their ears while they're exercising, doing housework, other solo kinds of activities, or sometimes they just listen, you know, resting and quietly. And this represents a tremendous opportunity for you to get your message across. Another big takeaway um, that I experienced was the power of brain trusts. This is awesome. Mastermind groups, Facebook groups, meetups, these are all great ways to get inspiration, advice, encouragement, and accountability from peers and, uh, and others that, that you know, are genuinely taking an interest in, in you and vice versa. Most of the top performers in podcasting and, frankly, most other businesses seem to have groups of trusted advisors, confidants, and critics. They're mastermind, um, which is a concept that came up from Napoleon Hill's book, Think and Grow Rich, which is you know, now about 100 years old. Um, they have these groups that they can rely on to give them honest, constructive feedback. Now, my own experience in being in a couple of different masterminds groups is that the giving of this kind of feedback is just as valuable as receiving it from others. If you don't have a mastermind group already, you should get one. Uh, inside our Power Podcasting for Lawyers course, we have masterminds consisting of both experienced podcasters and newcomers sharing their knowledge, sharing their information, their insights and experience. And we're not just talking about podcasting, but much more about law practice in general, the lifestyle of having a law business, marketing, practice development, and really just finding that personal satisfaction that's really the end goal of all the work we put in as lawyers, isn't it? 
Another takeaway is that it's important to systemize, systematize for efficiency, consistency, to avoid distractions. The most successful of the podcasters out there have developed clear, easily implemented systems for content creation and publishing. Guys like John Lee Dumas, who has Entrepreneur on Fire, Pat Flynn, who I mentioned earlier, Mark Marin uh, has a podcast called WTF, and he's a... Uh, had the privilege of having the president of the United States come to his garage in Pasadena, California to do an episode of his show. And there's so many others like this. They're successful in podcasting because they've made it easy for themselves and for their teams to repeatedly develop, create, publish, and promote new content on their podcasts. Fortunately, lawyers are really good at this. We do it in our practices all the time. We have checklists and workflows set up to make our, our law practice um, operate smoothly, make sure we don't miss anything in the litigation process or in our deals and so on. And we need to do this in our marketing as well. Make our marketing as automatic or idiot proof or Gordon proof, as I like to say. And this is a key to success. I've developed this foolproof system for getting my podcasts out each time. And whether it's monthly, weekly, or daily, I've made it possible to do this in a way that doesn't consume all of my valuable time so I can get on with the rest of my work. This is the system that I teach inside the Power Podcasting Lawyers, uh, Power Podcasting for Lawyers basic course, but I'll talk more about that in a few moments. And yes, it, we need to treat this as work. It, this is part of our businesses. This was really the theme of my own talk. We need to start treating our podcasting as business. We've been flying under the radar as podcasters for a long time, but as this medium is growing faster than ever, we're not going to stay there under the radar for long. Businesses are going to start treating us like businesses. Government is going to start treating us that way uh, with taxation, with permit requirements, those kinds of things. In my talk, I covered all this. I covered issues of intellectual property, copyrights and trademarks, issues around personal dignity torts like invasions of privacy or publicity and defamation. And I talked at some length about the kinds of contractual protections we should all be implementing. Now, in my practice... I've helped podcasters and podcast networks to get started, and I've seen others who found themselves on the receiving end of threats or litigation over their content, and uh, try to help them as best I can. But really, the answer is following the best practices of business, especially media business. That's very important. It keeps us out of trouble. It provides consistency, predictability, and security, and frankly, it's just smart business. Another takeaway is showing up reliably and consistently over time, meeting the expectations of our audience. This is the best way to grow that audience and to build awareness, credibility, and authority. Um, becoming irreplaceable. If you provide something nobody else does or can, you will attract a tribe of devoted followers who will engage with you, and they'll be receptive to your message, your products, your services. And yes, you can be irreplaceable. It's not that you have to do something, talk about a topic that's totally unique, that there's nobody out there. There's, as I said, there's plenty of room for everybody. It's your own perspective and approach to the subject that you're covering that makes you unique. And then engaging with uh, your audience and responding to their needs, their desires, their interests. This is how you become an irreplaceable part of their routine. It's pretty clear that routine and, and being consistent is very important. So many of the podcasters we talked to and so many of the experts in the field um, uh, pointed to the fact that listeners expect you to be there at a certain time. And this is just like in, in normal terrestrial radio. You expect your favorite disc jockey to be there every morning at 8 o'clock or whatever, whenever you get in the car to drive to work. You expect your favorite TV series to come on um, on Thursday night at 8 o'clock or 10 o'clock, whatever it is. 
and now podcasting is is filling a similar kind of a need in our audience's um, experience, and they expect us to be there when we say we're going to be there. So it's really important to have a consistent time and uh, day that you're going to come out with your episodes, like I do on Mondays with this show. Um, and uh, being there and, and satisfying that desire, that need, they will reach out to you if you're not there. They'll wonder, are you okay? What's happening? Where's the episode? Those kinds of things. I've had that experience myself. Now, my uh, my Entertainment Law Update show is a monthly show, and we don't get so much of that there. People sort of consume it when it arrives. But on the weekly shows, yeah, they they reach out and say, hey, where are you? <laughs> What's going on? Where's my episode? I wanted something to listen to. So be there and, and be there uh, on schedule every time. Attitude is more important than aptitude. This is another thing that was view, uh, repeated constantly among the, the speakers, among the folks I talked to, uh, the attendees, the vendors, everybody. You want to help. You want to provide entertainment. You want to give. And the audience will forgive a multitude of technical and production sins if you are giving them something that they can value. But, now let me be very clear about that, but if you're not providing that value, the best production quality in the world isn't going to help. My personal feeling is we need to go for you know A-level production quality whenever possible. But without the good content, it doesn't matter. I think if, if listeners have to struggle to hear your content, struggle to pull the, the value out of it, they're going to be less likely to keep coming back. So quality counts, but um, and you'll get better over time, and that's fantastic. You build your audience, and, and they come in, and they experience the good stuff later on. But um, yeah, you have to have the right attitude, that, that desire to help, to provide useful value, and to entertain, and all of those things authenticity, usefulness, sustainability, and profitability in that order. Not just money, but experience. These are the most valuable things that we provide to our audiences. Another big takeaway is that there are a lot of people out there who want to podcast, but who don't yet know how. It's not hard. It is a little bit technical, but getting set up can be a challenge. Planning is a huge part of podcasting success. This, again, repeated by a number of speakers and, and everybody I talk to. Even though the cost of getting set up for a podcast is very low, as little as a couple of hundred dollars, you really don't want to go out and buy a microphone and invest in the technology and spend the time getting it all figured out and running, only to run out of steam and stop producing content after just a couple of episodes. And that's why I created the Power Podcasting for Lawyers course. This is a step-by-step -step system for getting your show up and running. And we don't overlook those planning stages. In fact, our first couple of modules really talk about this stuff in some depth. What are you going to podcast about? Who's your intended audience? What's the objective of the show? What are you going to call it? What's the format and the structure of the show? And it's only after we help you figure this stuff out that we get into the technology and setting up the studio, the equipment, the software, and the online publishing tools. And we spend time talking about approaches to generating content ideas so the content keeps on coming consistently and frequently. And those are my takeaways. Those are the big ones. Um, I had such a wonderful time at this conference, and if you've never been to a conference outside maybe the Bar Association kinds of events, I encourage you to you know, attend these kinds of things and, and pick up some knowledge outside your, your sort of core focus area. And yeah, there's some expense involved, but this kind of learning makes us round, you know, better rounded people. And um, 
I think that's hugely important. And, um, you know, if you're going to be podcasting, as we said, just start podcasting, figure it out, get sign up for a course or, or don't figure it out for yourself. The information is out there. People will help you. Um, but if you have something to say, or you should have something to say, uh, get it out there and share it with the audience. And with that, I'm going to say thank you for uh, listening to me this episode of entered of, uh, uh, the law podcasting podcast. And I'll talk to you again on the flip side. So if you are interested in learning more about the law podcasting course, Power Podcasting for Lawyers, jump on over to lawpodcasting.com, sign up for our mailing list, get access to our free video series about legal marketing, and get the uh, free download of our guide to equipment and software and technology you'll use in your podcasting. And until next time, keep on podcasting. The Law Podcasting Podcast is brought to you by Power Podcasting for Lawyers, the only how-to podcasting course designed specifically for attorneys, where you can learn the ins and outs of creating and producing your own law podcast, so you can grow your practice by building authority, affinity, and trust with prospective clients and referral sources. With short, easy-to-digest video and audio lessons and a community of like-minded lawyer podcasters, Power Podcasting for Lawyers is the best way to get your show off the ground smoothly and quickly. Learn more about Power Podcasting for Lawyers at lawpodcasting.com.